Heavenly Father, I just feel like I had so much more to say, so much more to do, and not enough time to do it or to say it. May you give me an opportunity to share with the world your words in a way that helps them to understand what it means to be a follower of you, a child of you. God, I pray that you would just speak to us all and give us a, a guideline, a, a passage, a, a way towards knowing you in a more intimate way, in a way that allows us to love you more and more each day. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Welcome to Cross Discourse, where music, culture, and life are discussed across the media spectrum weekly to help you live a godly life. Cross Discourse, Christ is Culture. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Anonymous, coming to you with another episode of Cross Discourse. And listen, I know the last time I spoke to you, we really talked a little bit about the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11. And I've been reading it, actually, uh, and it's been on my mind constantly. And I wanted to come back to it one more time just to give you an understanding of what I feel is something that is very, very important um, right now in the United States and maybe in the world or where you are right now. Um, I tried to avoid the race conversation as much as possible, but um, I, I felt like there was something to be said with this particular scripture. And if you haven't read it, I'm going to read it again. The New International Version says this now. The whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the whole face of the earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speak in the same language, they have begun to do this then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from all over the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. And um, I want to come really and focus on verse 7 specifically. Come, let us go down and confuse the, their language so they will not understand each other. And I, I feel like um, I've been reading the news. I've been watching a lot of um, just uh, news stations and opinions and, and wanting to get down to the heart of the matter uh, I, I I try to get my information from a lot of resources, you know, whether it's CBN News, whether it's uh, a liberal station like an MSNBC or CNN. I even have looked at Fox recently. I even have 
looked at uh, what is that OANN or something like that just to see what people are going with and when I read news articles whether it's online or in print I'm trying to find multiple uh, viewpoints so I can really come to my own and one of the things that has passed uh, by my eyes recently there is a new wave of people coming out to criticize critical race theory and while I'm not necessarily a proponent of critical race theory, I'll come out and say it, I'm not. Um, I do feel like everyone should be presented with all the facts. And um, that's where I differ from those people that want to argue against critical race theory. Um, there, there's some language that's being used with regards to how we... Uh, interact with people of maybe a different race and um, this stems from it was an article uh, that I saw happen on YouTube and the article was disputing racism's reach Republicans rattle American schools and that's by Trip Gabriel and Dana Goldstein and that was dated Tuesday June 1st 2021 um, at 7.43 a.m. And as I read it, I was like, wow, it wasn't the first article that was sent to me about this particular topic. Uh, my wife had actually sent me an article a couple of days ago with regards to the same thing. And I was just floored. Um, the article that she sent me was titled... Um, in a diversifying Virginia suburb, a fight over equity in schools spirals out of control. Now that was also a Yahoo article, and it, it was it was probably why Yahoo picked up on it and sent it to me. But um, that actually came from NBC News. Um, that actually came from NBC News that she sent it to me. It was sent through Yahoo, and that's probably why uh, Yahoo kind of picked up and gave me that article this morning. Um, and so if you're listening to this another day, uh, this is June 1st, 2021, um, and it came out. And one of the things that I'm noticing is that both sides are arguing um, uh, different things. And I wanted to be clear that the not all the anti-racism people are um, trying to uh, teach that all white people are bad. That, that's not the message that I'm getting here. In fact, most of the people in the article my wife sent me um, were white. They just want the history to be taught the right way. But the message that I'm getting from a lot of the people who are fighting back about it is that they don't want to share um, or they don't they don't want to feel like they're the bad guy. They don't want to feel like they're uh, being privileged and that other people are looking down on them because they have had privileges. They want to be seen a different way. Um, and just some of the comments from what I read just seem to be like they would rather people ignore uh, the history of racism and its impact on the world and really want to talk about everything else. This this is, again, in light of another situation where down in Jacksonville, uh, there are people that want to change the name of a high school and people are saying, just keep the name, their history and, you know, just the racist comments that are coming out of their mouth. And then when you call them racist, 
they say, oh, well, I'm not racist. I just have a different view of you. You're being racist by calling me racist. And they're deflecting. And I just feel like uh, we have to be careful when we get into the Bible, especially if you call yourself a Christian. And I know a ton of Christians that are big time into Fox News or OANN and might be QAnon supporters and focusing on Christianity, but also focusing on patriotism and putting the country at the same level as God and wanting to fight and go to war over things of that nature. Um, I can recall just having a, a friend, a coworker of mine who was very supportive of the things that I did and she was very nice, she was a Christian. Um, we had a conversation on Facebook. It was a, a, a couple of people that I worked with. Had, somebody had posted, someone I worked with had posted a thing about uh, the Civil War not being about slaves. And um, I got on and I said, you know, I teach history at the time. And I was like, hey, listen, this is false. It's, it's just totally wrong. Um, slavery was 100% fought over slaves. Um, and... Uh, you know, the co-worker that I'm referencing, who was a friend of mine, she came in and she said, hey, I've always been taught that it was not a war over slaves. It was a war over states' rights. Um, and then, you know, I was like, well, you know, that is true. It is correct. States' rights. But when you look at the rights they were trying to protect, what right were they trying to protect? Not any other time did they mention any other right of the state to make any law except slavery. And so uh, by default, they might say or use the phrase states' rights, but they weren't trying to protect the right of the state to uh, marry who they wanted to or do whatever. They wanted to protect the right of that state to legalize slavery. And so that was what the fight for civil war uh, for, for the country was over. Uh, it was over slaves. Um, and then I mentioned to her that, listen, West Point generals who teach history at a college course at West Point in New York have spoken for years about the Civil War being slow, solely on slaves. Um, Jefferson Davis, who was the president of the Confederacy, spoke solely about preserving the institution of slavery. Every single person that fought or tried to uh, come up with some type of reasoning referenced slavery, but it has been somewhat erased at least in the late 90s early 90s 80s 70s 60s whenever you went to school if you're older than me um that's what they talked about states right they wanted to erase this idea of slavery and just focus on the idea of states rights there were some other things issues that they wanted to talk to or that they'll bring up they talk about the economy of the south they wanted to maintain the economy it was a fight over the economy well the economy of the South was based on slaves. They had free labor and they wanted to maintain that. Um, industrialization was booming in the North and there was some fight over some tariffs or some taxes and things of that nature, but it boiled down to the money that they would be losing because of slaves. And that's really why the whole thing was about slavery. Um, and I feel like we're coming to this now. And when I look at verse seven, come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. You have to realize that some of the people who are speaking about preserving 
um, the history. They don't understand because they are confused. Their language is confused themselves. They don't understand what they're talking or they're just repeating things that they might have heard somebody else spoke to. Critical race theory, I'm not too well versed in, but I do know um, focuses on making sure that you understand how race has played a role in the foundation of this country and the foundation of present day rules that I can get around. You know, maybe some of the minute, the minutia uh, I'm not in it getting into, but I can understand race does play a role in the foundation of our country. Um, I want to look at uh, the other verse um, where I, I know I mentioned it in today's podcast, if you listen to that already. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech and everything from verse one to four is about the people wanting to lift themselves up. Now, God has made it so that they are separate, that everyone is speaking a different language. Everyone doesn't understand each other. Everyone isn't living all under one accord and one thought process. Everyone now has different um, goals in mind, different views. And that's why it's so important for us to get into Christianity. I want to put I want to point out two verses uh, in the New Testament. I'm not going to first Timothy this time. I'm actually going to be uh, more pointed in my approach. I want to go to uh, first Galatians 328. And now you notice that God separated the world into different divisions um, in Genesis 11. Uh, actually, I'm going to go to Acts 17 first. I'm going to go to Acts 17 and then go to Galatians 3.28 because I want you to see the progression of things here. Acts 17.26. And I actually have, uh, again, I, I told you, I go to Bible Gateway to look at different versions uh, before I read it. And um, you can actually type in a verse and then tell, tell it you want to see all the English translations of that version. Um, and the King James Version says this, And he hath made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, and the bounds of their habitation. You come down to the English uh, Standard Version, it says this, and he, had, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and boundaries of their dwelling place. Well, you might be a little confused about that. So we come to the New International Version, and it says this, From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their land. So when you read these verses, and I mean, there are tons of other versions. There's a New Living Translation. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. So you're getting from this one verse, the understanding that God separated the world. He scattered them, and now um, he wants certain groups to be in power, maybe, and he wants certain groups um, to have certain sections of the world that they control. Um, but you see in Genesis 11 that that was not the case. In the first four verses, they actually were trying to combine everything, make everything one language, one speech. And they were trying to usurp God's authority. And in Acts 17, 26, it says God, you know, he's, he, he did away with that. And now he's giving people their separate places. There is a reason for everything. 
God has definitely separated us for a reason. And if you go down to verse uh, six, it says, if as one people speak in the same language, they have begun to do this, then they then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that God is afraid of us? No, it doesn't mean that because in verse six, I'm sorry, in verse five, God had to come down to see us showing how little we are. Remember the airplanes. If I talked to you about airplanes yesterday uh, and when I was dry, flying in an airplane, I can't see the world beneath me. I only see specks. People look like ants to me. And I'm all the way up in the air. God had to come down to look at the little bit that they were doing. But man thought that they were greater than God tried to build a, a, a city into heaven on their own. So God had to cut that out. Acts 17 is saying God did it for our own good. He's made it so that we are uh, appointed and where nations are rising and falling and and people are having to live in their boundaries for whatever reason. That doesn't mean you can't go to another country and be the type of person you want to be. But that just means that some people or some nations have received a blessing to be uh masters over the earth, maybe a greater period or a greater place or a greater area than some others. And, I, and, and, and that just means that God has appointed that. God has appointed that. And we, not saying that we should be, uh, you know, humble and just uh, meek and, and weak and just allowing everything around us to happen, but we have to be able to, again, going back to Genesis 11, um, help understand their language, understand what those people or groups are saying and doing. And for those of them that are saying it, if they're in control or in, in a state of power or position of power, they have to understand what they're saying and understand what everybody else is doing. I once taught Rome. Now, you know, I was a history teacher. I once taught Rome. And when you t think about the country of Rome, Rome was way too big to control. At one point, the, the emperor decided to split it into two uh, uh, different empires or, or, or nations because it was too big for them to control. And he set one apart to the west and he controlled from the east and they, you know, were kind of co-leaders. But eventually it still was too much for even them to control because another group of people was sweeping into the land and they were cutting into surrounding territories and the romans didn't even go after them the romans didn't even bother with the huns because they were too strong and those people those barbarians quote-unquote barbarians that were not romans started sweeping into roman territory and the romans could not uh even in their great power could not overcome all of that so it was an appointed time that it says in Romans, I mean, in Acts 17, 26, it was an appointed time. It was a, a, a determined and pre-appointed time for God to say, hey, you know, the time of Rome is over. The time of Rome is over. And you have to understand God did this for our own good. And, I, and I'm not saying that uh, I want to be careful with my words because, again, I am I'm, I, I'm a layman, but I've been reading this for, for some time and I'm constantly reading it and it's been bothering me and it's been on my head. And I keep looking at it. And I'm like, wait, wow, this is this is this is God speaking to us at today's age, today's time. So many people are fussing and fighting and wanting to go back to the old ways. 
but God has already determined that your old ways are done with. They're done with. And we need to be careful to understand that God is always in control. I've seen so many so-called Christians talk about critical race theory like it's the end of the world uh, or it's unbiblical. But really, what they're preaching is an unbiblical verse or a, ver or a, a biblical word from God. Because they're not understanding that God has appointed the world, uh, the masters of the universe, so to speak, to be where he wants them to be. It is our job to do what God wants us to do. And we shouldn't be focused on race so much. And this is talking to everybody else. We shouldn't be focused on race all the time because we are children of God. And that's where we come to Galatians 3.28. King James Version, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Jesus Christ. The English Standard Version, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. New American Standard, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. They basically all say the same thing. They're separate. They're not saying that they're not saying that there's no such thing as a man and a woman. That's not what they're saying. They're basically saying we are all equal and we all have to feel that way. So so as you as you encounter racist talk in America or wherever you are, as you encounter racist talk, you have to think that we are children of God. We are neither Jews. We are neither Gentiles. We are neither male nor women. There should be no separation amongst us. We all should be of one accord and we should all be worshiping God and humbling ourselves. Because as you can see, when we try to take it upon ourselves, like the people in Genesis 11, when we try to, to build and do things on our own, God is going to scatter us. He's going to put us all over the earth because we're not doing his will. We're focusing on ourselves. I feel like, you know, a lot of times people in, in Christianity or in a lot of churches, they want to focus on, you know, the community, which is good. They want to focus on the people, which is good. But then they try to rearrange scripture to fit their narrative. And that's not what the Bible is all about. The Bible is not meant for us to try to affix our narrative to uh, to it. The Bible is meant to be used for correction, for for uh, uh, for uh, fixing our um, shortcomings. And that's what I was trying to do when I mentioned First Timothy yesterday. Um, first Timothy one, where, where, where Paul was basically telling Timothy, this is what we should be focusing on. This is what we should be focusing on. We shouldn't be talking about all that other stuff. Why is a Christian trying to fault another Christian for wanting to talk about critical race theory? What is the point of that? Why are you trying to stop someone 
from talking about how they've been affected in this world by someone else's racism instead of supporting that person why are you out there fussing and fighting and talking about why critical race theory is wrong i i don't understand that that is the epitome of meaningless talk in first timothy 1 6 that is the epitome of meaningless talk and you hear it from so-called christians i mean even even franklin graham gets caught up in that and i mean he's not he's nothing like like his father's in my opinion but he gets caught up in it. a lot of them do we have a lot of these so-called fake pastors out there trying to preach garbage that has nothing to do with the bible because they feel like they're so much more important than other people and that is a huge huge problem i've i've spoken for way too much time i feel like i wasn't um hoping to make this a full 30 minute episode but it's been weighing on my heart heavily that i did not do a a a good enough job with um yet or today's um message the tower of babel can be used in so many ways but i think it, it really focuses on the heart of the people the heart of the people in one through four is what was the problem not one time did they mention god they didn't even say heaven with an with singular they said the heavens so they're not even talking about god they want to see where they can go absent from god so god definitely had to come down and look at these ants these little people in verse five and see what oh look at them building a little tower you know but then he got to thinking you know i built them they're used they're here for my glory they're here to worship me and here they are trying to take me out of the equation no we can't have that we can't have that that is not their purpose that is not your purpose that is not my purpose and so now our languages are confused now we don't understand each other now we have hate and disagreements and arguing amongst ourselves because we have not focused on god does that make sense does that make sense to you i i, I hope that makes sense um, because I, I just feel like, uh, that's really what we need to focus on. You know, the Bible considers us, it talks about us being one body, right? It talks about us all sharing the Holy Spirit, right? And now we have to rely on one one another and we have to humble ourselves to be reliant on one another to get back to a point where we can build one another up james 5 16 um, says confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed confess to one another I don't know about you, but confess doesn't mean to tell everybody what their problem is. It means to tell everybody what your problem is. 
where your faults are, where you fall short. And then to pray for one another, not pray for yourself, but to pray for other people that you may be healed. That is a powerful statement in James 5.16. So for those of us that want to eliminate race and and not uh, confront it head on, there's a problem there. That's unbiblical. There is a problem there. Proverbs 22 says the rich and poor have a common bond. Everybody has a common bond. God, or in Proverbs 22, the Lord is the maker of us all. He's made us all. We're not more important than somebody else. So why are we trying to eliminate um, their issues? Why are we trying to wash over it and ignore it? Because it makes you uncomfortable. And if you're worried about you being uncomfortable, you're not worried about bringing glory to God. You're worried about you and you're in sin. That's the message. That's the message. I hope this was useful for you all. Um, and I hope if you have anything to share with me, you would, you would by all means, email me at crossdiscourse at gmail.com. I'm anonymous. I love you all. Have a good day. Mm-hmm.